Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to 1,000 Yard Stare. Check it out. There it is. Yes. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Scott, Matt, Tony, and Chris of A Thousand Yard Stare. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Now awesome. He went off to so actually hear you now. This is great. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. And we've got uh, fans. We've got Al. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name, and I'm sorry about it. it I think it's Araka. Um, not sure. And then Nick. So uh, how's the, how are the fans doing? Fans are good. All right. Awesome. Not really, but but we're all right. <laughs> so I had the 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 great fortune, and I can't remember if it was like three or four years ago, which is sad because that's a long time, um, to actually witness the incomprehensibly massive riffs of A Thousand Yard Stare live when you guys opened for Bell Witch and Yob at El Club. That was mind-blowing and... Uh, it just, yeah. And I, I think I, I saw you guys at the loving touch too, right? You guys. Yeah, opened up. Chemist. Yeah, chemist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, and that was another just awesome show. Um, you guys are just so, I don't even, I, I was thinking about this beforehand. Like, how do I describe for someone who's never heard your music, like what that's like. And then I thought, well, why the fuck should I do that? I'll let you guys describe that. So what what is to you the sound of a thousand yard stare? Matt. Uh, we just try to keep it as nasty as possible, man. You know? <laughs> try to be heavy, try to be hard. We try to sound like Tom Jones, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't that tough. No, we're, we're not, not, we're not nearly enough. we'll never be that tough. One day maybe, but I don't know. Uh, I've always <laughs> had this with this thing with this band, you know, since I joined, you know, because I think we're always just trying to push that envelope now when we write and we're in the midst of writing a new record as we speak. And, you know, you should have been here a half an hour, 45 minutes ago. That was some fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I'm always like with the vision I have of this band is just literally plants colliding, like just the sound of rocks just destroying each other. Yeah. Um, these guys may not share that opinion, but I mean, that's kind of this, just an absolutely massive sound that you've never, you know, and I've only heard certain sounds in my life, a handful in my life that I, you know, maybe not even music, but just sounds that I heard. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the apocalypse. Like something that just literally just scares you that just terrifies you. And I think that's another part of this, this music too. It's just, it's terrifying. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it is. It terrifies me, you know, when I play it, you know. But yeah. That's right. It's, uh, you know, we really just work on just, you know, really sour, broken sounds. I think, And that yeah. really is what I think scares people. Scares yeah. Me. Well, I, I think that's a, a great analogy, especially planets colliding, you know, worlds colliding. Um, I know that, you know, space is a vacuum and there's, uh, you, you can't actually hear, but if you could hear, what it sounds like to be in a black hole. That's what I think of with a thousand yards stare, just this massive. So it's impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, 
it is. And Thank but it's you. <laughs> you know you know, but it's so um I don't know. Uplifting's not the right word. Um it's experiential. It's it, it you feel it. You know, it's not just the music. There's a there's a physical reaction I had um when I saw you guys and when I've listened to your music. So um anyway, I, I did want to touch on the fact that uh the the dynamics of the band has changed a little bit because you now have Chris on drums, and yeah. I, I actually saw Chris with uh, Dead Surf, I think your other band. Yeah. Yeah, and you uh, opened up for Universal Temple of Divine Power and War Horses, and that was, yeah. was kick-ass, man. It was a last-minute thing that we got on for their album release. It was really fun, that, though. Yeah, yeah, so cool. So I, I wanted to like kind of get back into, like, how did a Thousand Yards Share, you know, come about and then how did you end up uh pulling chris into the fold matt tony we started way back man we started at the end of 98 uh holy yeah we were a lot more we had a lot more of a we still had all the feedback and all that but we had a lot more of a hardcore vibe yeah going on but still you can hear elements of what we do today in there too but um yeah we've been trugging along for a minute (laughs) <laughs> has the band always been called a thousand yard stare yeah oh shit well i was eight I'm years glad. old in 1999 yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice the, i think the sound i mean i wasn't in the band at that time when these guys started the band up but matt's 100 percent right there's and, and i like when we those because you know and matt I'm, i don't want to put you on the spot but um Matt, the way Matt plays guitar, you know, it's a lot of just broken sounds, like I said. And I always say, like, broken glass, just broken sounds. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while, when we're, you know, we're writing something or songs that we've already written, some of my favorite parts are when he does just do that that chug, that muted chug, uh, and he'll work that in somewhere. And then, I'll, of course, I, I'll do that with the bass guitar also. Um, but those elements from, you know, the, you know, more hardcore elements still, they still live in this music, but I think, you know, we've gravitated more, you know, I mean, doom, uh, yeah. death doom, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. You know, but again, you know, I, the way I think we come at it though, still is more just trying to push the, um, the elements of what sound, you know, again, we're not, you know, this isn't like totally like, you know, philosophical stuff, but you know, <laughs> right. okay, what can we, mixed together with these instruments to make something really overpowering and like we were earlier when we were writing we were working on a new tune and you know matt was saying he's like you know, i just want people you know to hear this song and go Fuck. yeah i want people to count the time till it's over with yeah <laughs> i don't want to see any smiling faces on that shit i want everyone to have a frown on their face and be like when the fuck are these guys going to be done yeah you, you don't even look at the crowd, so you wouldn't even know what our faces look like. I was going to say. I, I remember that from trying to photograph you guys. I'm like, fucking goddamn guys yeah, turned toward his fucking <laughs> yeah. How am I going to get a picture of this fucker? <laughs> that's the, that makes it fun, though, for us, you know, in that aspect. And that's part of the sound, too, frankly. It really is. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we do that. And, I, I know in the older days when I joined this band, we played a lot on field too. You know, we, we played a lot on field the first couple, maybe the first year I was in the band myself. And 
Yeah, I think we we had the conversation like, okay, are we going to write songs? Because <laughs> you do a lot of really neat stuff here. I'd like to do it again and again and again. Right. Um, you know, but a lot of that, but that still is like that element. Like we watch each other. We, you know, there's a lot of, we play really slow. And, you know, I've said that for years. I mean, it's really tough to play fast, I think. But it's even harder, I think, to play really slow. Um, it's very it difficult. The truth. It's very difficult to play <laughs> slow. So, you know, I think a lot of bands that are kind of, you know, in, you know, in the continuum that we play in, um, you'll like, well, I mean, primitive man, I guess people, a lot of people, you know, they compare us to primitive man, which, you know, it's a compliment for me. They're a brilliant band. But if you watch those guys play, Ethan literally sits sideways on the stage and that's because he's watching the drummer. You know, he's watching, yeah. he's watching his band, you know, he's watching. And I think we kind of do the same thing in that aspect too. It's, it's a lot of feel and watching, right? even when the songs have been arranged and written, we still are kind of, uh, you know, just because sometimes the tempo has changed. Chris, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Chris. I found that Chris, you know, sometimes when we play live, you'll play slower. Like we play slow at practice, but I found that we, the tempo gets slow, which is cool with all of us. We're all very happy. If we get a that. good enough buzz, we yeah. play nice and slow. That brings the tempo down here. But yeah, that's, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, how did, how did Chris end up uh, getting into the fold of Thousand Yard Stare? Me and Chris used to talk on like online about like John Zorn and, and, you know, Mick Harris and stuff like that. And yeah. I saw him at, uh, I think it was a Savage Seven show or something. And yeah, I think that was and we were just the sanctuary bullcrapping or whatever. And yeah, told him he should try out, but he lived way far away at the time, man. And then he hit up Scott and next thing you know, he came by and yeah, we jammed. We started. That's his history. Jack yeah, yeah that was, uh, <laughs> gelled right off the bat. Uh, yeah, that was four of us, man. This is the yeah. this is the uh, the best lineup of all right here, man. Yeah, awesome. I, I can't yeah, wait to exactly. see it I, and experience it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, so so fans with bands is you know not just about me talking, although I can just keep rattling on, but um, it's also about fans. So um, Al, Nick, Eraka. That name is throwing me the fucking. I want to talk to Baraka, man. I, want to I know. Ask so do I. I want to find out if I'm saying this name right. Scorpion and shit, man. Right, or if someone's just fucking with me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got any questions? One thousand. I have a 10, question. 000. Yeah, go. Where's Araka? <laughs> is it Araka or Baraka? It's E. It's E R O C K A. Yeah. E yeah. E Rock. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Dad, so, when are you guys going to start recording? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Soon. Soon. That's, that's yeah. the worst answer ever. I want, I want, I want specifics. I didn't know that that, that was. The I'd answer. like to, me personally. Yeah, to me too. Me personally, <laughs> I'd like to be in a studio by like. April. Oh, that's okay. That's you know what I mean? Because we're we're gonna do a EP, but it's gonna be long as shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're gonna. That means it's an LP. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it's only gonna be uh, four or five songs, and it's gonna be about the length of a full length. But yeah, just we've only got one more, really one more to truly write and get it real tight and everything else. And I'd like yeah. to get in there. 
I, th I think I can say, I can agree, we can all agree in this band that we probably weren't the most productive band over what we're calling the, the pandemic now. Yeah, we didn't do anything. <laughs> we didn't do too much. I think we enjoyed our time and enjoyed our families and hung out. Yeah. We got together a handful of times in 2020, literally a handful of times in 2020. We didn't really play that much. And I know there was a one night, I think we had a bonfire in my house. And um, I, literally, I think we literally all sat down and said, are we still a band? Are we still a band? <laughs> We're all buddies, right? But we were like, are we still a band? Are we still going to? And we agreed yeah. that. We kind of agreed we wanted to do another record and, you know, just kind of waited the timeline to get right, I think, for all of us to be comfortable in the same room together. Because, you know, we got people in this band with families and stuff. And with the, you know, this whole COVID thing flying around, we just didn't want to risk anything, you know? So, yeah. Kind of time with that. And I think we're a band that writes together. I know with all the technology, a lot of bands and I, and I take my hat off to them. A lot of bands can, you know, a lot of people get on zoom and stuff like this and, and write songs. And I've even done stuff with people. Um, but I think this is more of a, the, the element and how we've always, we gelled together is more get together and argue it out, throw beer cans at each other, whatever it takes. And, uh, yeah. and get the songs, right. I think that's just, that's the way I, I think we're, we're, well, the three, three of us are older. And I think we just come from a time where that's kind of how you wrote songs. You know, yeah, work it out, right? Well, you know, I was going to ask about the the songwriting process because um, I'm I'm in amazement of anybody that can like. I realize it's not necessarily like cutting edge technology to to send MP3s around and and write riffs and record and then send something out. You know, because bands have been doing that for a while. But um, I am obviously an old fucker, and you know, I'm in the same boat and. When I was in a band, you know, it was get together in, you know, in the jam space and that's where things were created. So it sounds like you guys do the same thing. That yep. creative process is together. Um, do you guys, uh, you know, like as far as that, that riff writing conglomeration, is it a united front where everybody's coming in with ideas or is it like Matt coming up with some riffs and then, you know, Scott, and and chris building off that how does how does that work matt's usually coming in with some zach wild bullshit yeah i'm usually all about pinch harmonics man that's <laughs> no i like, usually honestly a lot of times like me and scott will kind of talk and shit and i'll come up with ideas and he comes up with ideas and then we yell at chris to play slower and <laughs> and then uh tony doesn't do jack shit he just shows up and, <laughs> That's why we can't but, see him uh, right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I got riffs. Scott's got riffs, and we just work them together with Chris. And Yeah, that's, that's how we've done it over the Yeah, I think it's just kind of how we've done it over the years. We just bring an idea in and build around it, or a couple ideas and build around that. And then, I, then I'll hear the songs at my house and hate them, and we'll come back and rewrite them and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are you guys that's the more organic approach i think and i think that's just what we're used to doing um maybe you know i you know i'm 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 right there with you chuck i'm I, well, we're, we're all old fuckers i think to a certain degree <laughs> um but i think just that that getting together because i know you know i'm not i don't know about you but you know yeah you bring a riff in and um you've got this idea in your head you know because you know i think a lot of us you know we hear a riff in our head and we then we hear the whole band around that riff um, so you come in with a vision and I think that's kind of the cool part about it too. Cause you know, it don't always work out that way. It works out just something different. 
a lot of times because you're collaborating with people. Yeah. And, you know, I know I've never, in this band especially, uh, have never brought anything in that didn't come out really cool, I think, with, with people putting in their two cents and just, just fingering through it and saying, okay, this is, okay, we got a song now, cool. So it's just, yeah. again, it's collaboration is very organic, I think. It was, well, it was kind of weird with the uh, um, the last record too, because every single song on that record was written except for Descend. That was the only one I wrote with. Yeah, you guys. came in, you know, at a weird time. So it's kind of weird, like coming in and learning like all these drum parts and everything. But yeah. you also you did write your own parts to several songs in there, even though they were already written. Yeah, yeah. There I was an so, idea. Yeah. There was an idea. The idea. You just came in there and really put the flesh on it. I mean, it wasn't a bad experience. It was challenging in a good way, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would imagine that would be quite challenging because you've got to like one interpret the song that's already written, but then try to put like your own little bit of slice of you in this into that. Um, right. Part of that's going to come through organically just through your playing, right? But um, yeah, that's got to be a that's going to be yeah, crazy. We've never been that kind of band where I bring a song over and be like, "Good, I'm not changing anything," you know. Like, we <laughs> We put it all together as as a whole, all four of us. Even though I'm giving Tony shit, he usually puts in his two cents too. We don't when nobody gives him any vocal patterns or nothing. No, he just does them. He just does his own shit. And and Tony's always well, that's you know, we've always me and Matt have always said that he's the best singer in town, I think, because he comes in and just pukes it out basically. And it all just makes sense. Just makes sense with the song, you know. Um, right. Do you ever um, work in reverse where Tony comes up with like, hey, I've got this concept, these lyrical concept, I, and here it is, and then you guys write music to it? Not really. <laughs> well, no. not necessarily. Go ahead, man. We got this uh, new song that we're working on right now. It's got some really very offensive lyrics and shit, and uh, <laughs> can't wait to put it out there because it's going to make people angry if we actually, if anybody figures out what he's saying. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think I think Tony, yeah. you know, to, but to that point, I like that Tony's not really talking. Yeah, just everybody talking for me. No, I, I love think, it. Well, honestly, there's there was one interesting thing, you know, in regards to that, Chuck, is you know, in that bonfire I mentioned last summer, right. one of the things that was mentioned was that Tony came up with this idea, you know, this phrase, and I'm like, that's really cool. And it just happened to be at a time where my mind was in a bad spot. And I took that phrase and said, well, I got, I love that idea. And it gives me a lot of ideas and especially in the mental state I was in. And um, I wrote a bunch of, not that I'm writing your lyrics for you, Tony, but I just wrote a bunch of ideas <coughs> here to take it, you know? And so, you know, Tony yeah. has brought stuff in and at least I know I am. I'm like, well, Hey man, I, that's a cool idea. Can I play with that? You know, get in that space and, and see what we got, you know? So, uh, right. I think everybody, you know, everybody's bringing something in here and there. You know, everybody contributes here. Again, I think it just goes back to that whole organic process that I keep mentioning. You know, it's a yeah. very organic thing, and it just kind of happens. You know. Well, I, I, I honestly think that most bands that where you have that kind of our organic orchestration of all the members, I think that tends to be for me, um, to, as a listener. You know, like the the music that I appreciate. Um, when I find that out, right. I mean, you don't always know that as a listener, but you know, the opportunity I have to talk with you guys and other bands and, and you find that out and you find that, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. Cause it's got like pieces of each of you in there. Um, 
I was wondering, you know, Scott, you mentioned the fact that the, you know, early on the band was very experimental, you know, almost, uh, you know, just riffing off of things and like the, the songs weren't really structured. So in thinking of like seeing you guys live and the feedback and stuff like that, do you, is that incorporated? Like, do you think about that when you're putting together a tune and you're saying, all right, here, like you, when you're building the song, you feel that opportunity. So Matt feels an opportunity to, to do some kind of crazy off uh, dissonant, you know, um, I don't know, some kind of sonic thing that happens there. Do you like say, okay, I'm going to keep that and remember that? Or is it like, all right, this is the part where we just come into the tune and it's like um, a little bit of jazz where I'm, we're going to improvise. No, absolutely. We Everything we do is intentional, man. Like all the parts where it stops and there's feedback and everything. And I try to do it the same every time. It's not just because we're super loud or anything, you know, and that's for, <laughs> from, uh, you know, years and years listening to Godflesh and stuff like that, that like I try to work feedback in as like, honestly, I'd like to do a song that I don't play a note except for feedback. <laughs> and it would be great, you know, like, yeah. these guys into it, but. Well, I mean, what you do is you. But yeah, it, it's intentional. It's, all that. it's basically uh, constructed feedback. Yeah, yeah. it's orchestrated yeah. chaos. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah but, a lot of what we do, it sounds like I know it sounds very random, and just you know, but it is calculated. I know for like the new stuff we're writing, I'm myself on the bass guitar. I'm trying a lot, experimenting with just a lot of harmonic notes, just working harmonic notes and not really just, not really necessarily pressing down on the fretboard, just, you know, just doing, you know, a harmonic on, on the fret itself. Um, just getting different sounds. And Scott's got cool. new, he's got new equipment now that he, that he had before and he gets really good feedback too. So now, now you're getting, yeah, hit, you're getting hit by me and him. <laughs> so yeah, it's even, even nastier and yeah. more ear piercing, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome uh uh let's see uh go around the horn again anybody got questions well it's funny because you were asking them about how they write songs because i always kind of wondered that too you know i knew you guys wrote shit but i didn't know like how it would come together and like uh you know chris is a third drummer i've seen play with you guys and i'm always just like how in the fuck are you keeping time with this shit? You know, how, how, where, where, where are you finding these rhythms? And like, out of all three, you know, Chris, like you hear that more God flesh, you hear that, you know, consistent kind of machine driving, you know, pounding. Um, while the, while, you know, the other dudes were like, they had their own ways, but it was just, I don't know. There's something about the way that Chris drums and, kind of ties it all together with with like the rhythm and the timing and it's 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 so awesome to watch you guys play because of that now like before it was just kind of like okay they're really loud you feel it in your body and it's kind of obnoxious and that's cool but like you know with Chris playing now it's like recognize the songs and and feel the songs and like you can you can appreciate it more well, I think the thing with Chris is because uh, I wouldn't consider you. I don't need to. You're not me. Okay? I don't need to be in the fucking picture. I'm just saying that. I'm saying that Chris. 
different than those drummers in the way those dudes were all metal drummers. And I wouldn't consider you a closed You got a really, really, really wide, wide You got a really wide Not closed mind. I'm not meaning closed minded, but I mean, yeah. you know, you have, yeah, very wide. I mean, just like all of us, we're all, you know. That totally makes sense, man. Because, like, you'd think, like, you know, a metal drummer would, again, have, you guys said it's hard to play slow. Like, Metal drummers playing slow, man. I don't even. I don't even think that's a thing, dude. No. You know, like anybody that's going to be able to keep it down and low and not have that tendency to speed up, that's a real drummer, man. That ain't just a metal drummer. Yeah, yeah. it's hard in general to play slow. It's way harder than than playing fast, in my opinion. Well, if you uh, fuck up, I, it's like, damn. Oh, everyone, yeah. you got to wait five <laughs> seconds so you hit the drum again, man. <laughs> I didn't start yeah. off as a metal drummer either, you know. That's like my tra trajectory started off with a lot of, like, you know, I don't know, noise rock and punk and stuff like that. So. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, and it may give you that kind of like outside the box kind of feel so that you can come into a doom band. Because I, I've, I, again, like you were saying, Al, like I'm amazed at when I see a doom band, like, um that their drummers like keep it together because i'm like how the fuck is this guy keeping time because i'm like let's go oh yeah and then, <laughs> you know like fuck yeah. when when is it gonna hit that tom <laughs> oh no no it's not right now not, you know it's like fucking a right right <laughs> right man. anxiety that this stuff that this music creates though too you know that's yeah. part of it i think um because the mind as you brilliantly illustrated chuck is um you know, your mind tends to want to speed up like that. Um, yeah. That's anxiety more, you know, you're what, you know, when, you know, there's some bands, I mean, you know, you mentioned Bellwitch earlier, who's a good example of that. I mean, that's, yeah. something, and I love to listen to that band so much, but they mm -hmm. give me so much anxiety sometimes, especially when I see them play live and they're so, they're amazing to see live. And I'm going to say this, are they fun to see live? Not so much, and that is not that is not a shot at them in any way whatsoever. That's a compliment. Right. I think they take that as a compliment because it was it was rough. It was rough watching them when they, you played with those guys because like you're sitting there watching it, dude, and it it seems even slower live because you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Just stand here? Like it yeah. is. It's agonizing. Yeah. <laughs> we played with them twice, and uh, they're just, that band is so. So good, man. It's they're amazing. Nice dudes, dude. Real man. nice guys. Good. Yeah. I think it's a challenge. Um, I remember uh, watching a documentary with uh, about neurosis, uh, and they were talking to Scott Kelly. And one of the things that stuck with me for years since I've seen this documentary, and he's like, you know, our music is a challenge to listen to. This is not some one-two, one-two dance shit that yeah. you party to. Our music is a challenge to listen to. And I think that statement right there basically sums it up and it sums it up. I know for our band too, and it sums it up for bell, which it sums it up for a lot of bands in this genre. I think is it, this music it is a challenge. It's something you would more observe like a piece of art than going, oh, you know I mean? It's, it's yeah. something to observe like a piece of art. And I think that's why I know I'm, I gravitate towards stuff like this now because it is something that I want to really get the wine and cheese out and put my pinky out and really get into it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's right. a lot. No, no, I'm not <laughs> around, but I'm serious. Like, you know, you do. 
I mean, I do observe it like that. Like I really, I listen to the tones and I, I hear what's going on and how the songs are crafted and stuff like that. We're not for the lower classes. I think no, this is a we only play at well, art exhibits now. I, I brought I brought out the heavy hitters for you guys. This fucking brewery, Ogma Brewing in Jackson. You yeah. fuckers need you need to hook up with these guys. This is called Doom Claw. And uh, I th- I thought of you guys. I'm like, fuck, I gotta find a good beer to drink with these fuckers and boom. There you go. Yeah. So I've got my pinky up, you know, and I'm fucking enjoying yeah. We're doing so, a good old tried and true here tonight. Um <laughs> practice beer. You don't want to yes. go home when you're practicing. Exactly. Do you need a beer, man? Oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. It's all right. <laughs> well, it's the middle of the fucking interview. Fuck? <laughs> Do you need a beer, man? We can take. We'll take a time out for Matt's <laughs> beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Matt can go get it. We can all talk shit about him. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, uh, so something I like to do, you know, like just to get back into, uh, y- y- like the. The foundation of each of you as mu- as musicians is to talk about like what was uh, what got you into wanting to play music. Um, who was that band or musician that really inspired you? Um, so let's start with Tony, since we've not talked to Tony too much. Um, I don't know. I've always wanted to be in a band from like being a little kid, you know listening to eight tracks, yeah. you know, going on the back uh, patio with like uh, a tennis racket to like, uh, I mean, even stuff like Jay Giles band and like nice. my brother's eight tracks and Blizzard or Vaz and just, you know, basically wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid. Now I just want to, you know, annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually scare the fuck out of people because <laughs> it's like Rawr! um so yeah. Uh Scott, how about you? Uh the first band. Well, just uh, yeah, like who who got you? Like what what inspired you to want to be a musician? My my aunt let me hear the Ramones when I was like five years old, six years old. And then nice. I heard Kiss. And yeah. she threw me on the Black Sabbath and all that, like, you know, all that stuff in that. I just got, I got spoon fed that and I was spoiled rotten as a child. Um, when I heard those bands initially, um, that just blew my mind. And I remember seeing those bands playing, um, you know, and you, and you, and your, your, your view changes as you get, as you age. Oh yeah. I think with Tony, um, I just saw you know, the Ramones, especially Ramones just blew my mind uh, because just, Something, you know, you never, they didn't look the same, but they looked the same, you know, down to the haircuts almost. And that just really blew, and how they just were, especially, you know, well, Tommy, not so much, but Marky, when he came in, how he just never moved a muscle back there. But you're, <laughs> the guy just didn't seem to move a muscle behind the drum kit, but yeah. the music is so insanely intense and it's making you lose your mind. Um, and they wrote them hit songs too, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. They could do anything you put in front of them, basically. But, um, you know, and also just, you know, dare I say the simplicity of it, how how direct it was and so on the nose. And I'm like, right. something I could do, man. I could do that. Um, <laughs> uh, 
uh, and I think a lot, I think that, and, and, and Ramon, that's an easy one to say. It really is because I think, I think those guys told a lot of people my age that they told a lot of people my age, like, Hey man, do it. And thankfully a lot of us did. It's cool. So yeah, yeah. you know, Sabbath, Ramones, stuff like that growing up is just timeless. I still listen to that stuff every week. Still, have awesome. to I have to listen to that stuff every week. It never, it'll never leave me. <laughs> Uh, Chris, how about you? What got you into wanting to be a drummer? Uh, Nirvana. Uh, Dave Grohl. Um, nice. That was he. He was the guy for me when I was a uh, little kid. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty simple. Just I don't know something about yeah. uh, those big big beats, the, all the flams and the toms, and just the just beat the, the hell fucking, out of the kid, just man. the hard hitting, you know. And then like that kind of went yeah. to like puffy from faith no more like kind of the same thing like just those two guys really were were some of the biggest inspirations on me as a drummer awesome have you listened to dave's um book or uh, read it I, I have not no it's actually pretty interesting and uh he talks about the fact that he's like a fucking crow magnon behind the drums beating the fuck out of him so that's cool. Which book? The Storytellers? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a good book. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I really would like to meet Dave and hang out, and I think it would be fun to drink a beer with him. So, Dave, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> That's a universal fact. I'm, I'm Chuck. Fun guy to have a beer with. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah. so uh, that's going to be a good question. I'm going to ask that in a minute because I'm interested to find that out too. But next, Matt. What got you into playing music? Uh, when I was a kid, man, I was, it was Judas Priest and Iron Maiden for me, man. Nice. I was like, I want to play guitar like these dudes, man. And, yeah. You know, at, at my first concert, I was 12 years old. My mom took me and a couple of my buddies to see Priest. And that was like the greatest shit in the world, you know. <laughs> little kid, it was so awesome. But yeah, it started off with all that kind of stuff and then as time went on, I, I discovered like basically every cool punk rock band in like one week of my life. I discovered like Dead Kennedys and GBH and all that shit all at one point in time. And it's Dead like Kennedy, everything man. changed yeah. for me that day. <laughs> my, my homie had a big brother who was all about that stuff. And man, it turned into you know, Metallica and Slayer and all that, you know, but essentially yeah. Priest, man, that was the reason I wanted to play guitar. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I just that was seen him a couple months ago, actually, too. It was great. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the recent one, uh, where yeah, was that? Box. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It's, Obviously, like the, didn't have Glenn and KK or nothing, but Rob's 70 years old, man. He guy still sounds great. He does. Yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, he can. Not too nerdy, but Andy Steve, uh, really. Oh yeah, he's a he's a Hell yeah. a legend, legendary engineer, and I've been following his work for many years. Of, you know, it's, I'm really happy to see him in that spot now. He deserves he deserves to be in a band like that. Wasn't he in Sabbath? Sabbath, Sabbath, yeah. Noise Records from England, yeah, fantastic. He's he's engineered a bunch of um, uh, Exodus, oh. Temple of the Damned, their comeback record in 2004, which yeah. means. It's a very tough call, and I'll get beat up if I say it's my favorite record. I don't want to be on the street if I say that. <laughs> I might have to say it's my favorite Exodus record. It, it, the, the production on that record is perfect. The guitars just rip your face off. We've already is that, Exodus. Is that the album that has uh, yeah. Ult yeah. 
earlier. Is that a Rob Dukes album? Is Rob Dukes on that one? Which album? That the one, the Exodus album. Is Rob Dukes oh, singing? Oh, is on the newest one. Oh, he's been. Persona non grata. That's that's well, that's. Oh, no, no, you talking about Temple of the Dam? No, Steve Souza was on that record too. Oh really? Oh shit. Then he quit. Okay. Then he came back. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. God damn it. If you haven't listened to it, it's it's a it's a beast. It's a beast. Nice. And yeah, you're awesome. right. This is the second Exodus discussion we've had tonight. You're right, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> we, were, we were discussing the singers of Exodus earlier. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Rob Dukes, and. Uh, what was the first guy? Paul Ball. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Paul Bailoff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah rest um, yes. Is it uh does that help album have uh War is My Shepherd? War is My Shepherd is on Temple of the Damned, yeah. Yes. Song. That song's the fucking greatest Exodus song. Throwing down time. is the track though. It's a slower song. Throwing down oh. is the song about fighting. <laughs> about the hell out of people. I just think it's such a great track. None of them motherfuckers know how to fight. Well, and I, I just can't see Gary <laughs> shit out of somebody. But, but, they, but the song really, it, it, there's a song on there about a about a bad marriage too. This, there's some really weird topics, but the songs are all heavy. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, uh, I still remember uh, Toxic Waltz. That was uh, yeah, was classic. Yeah. yeah, good track. <laughs> yeah. So, so kind of switching topics to the, um, to the beer topic, like, you know, we were talking about, I'd like to hang out with Dave Grohl and drink a beer. Um, so, so Matt, if you're going to hang out with any, anybody really, it could be a musician, it could be a, um, somebody else, but who would you like to just sit down and have a beer with and talk Man, about shit? Uh, yeah. I, my, my brain is telling me to say Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is 100% true, but I'd, I'd really like to sit down and talk with Justin Broderick for a little while, man. Yeah. You nice. Know, and, uh, yeah. I, that's, that's my dude right there. So yeah, yeah Tom Jones would be freaking fantastic too, though. I think that would be super interesting. I mean, you could get a lot of good stories, but you need to get Tom Jones and Justin Broderick to do a record together. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> what a collaboration! Hard as shit. Can you imagine? Holy shit! Whoa! Yeah, uh, Chris, how about you, man? Is it That's Dave still? Big question. Uh, honestly, uh, Mike Patton. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I change my vote? <laughs> <laughs> very influential so throughout my I, life. I got to tell you guys, I, I feel like I would be intimidated by hanging out with Mike Patton. I, yes. I think I would, I'd be scared to talk to him and I'd get into that total fanboy thing of like, uh, and not say yeah. anything and feel like an asshole. But, I so. talked to him at a show and I felt like that too. I was like, <laughs> me too, man. Me too. <laughs> cause he just, cause he's got, he gives you that look where he's just like, you're yeah. and you're just like, yeah. you just feel ashamed for even bothering. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did that too, man. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done, I've had too many experiences like that where I walk up to somebody, you know, that I really admire and I'm just get fucking tongue tied and I'm like, blah, blah, and they're like, who is this fucking starting internet? Why is he here? But anyway, you'd be like Scott, like when he yelled at, uh, what's his name from, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Man. <laughs> Was it Danny Lilker? Yeah. 
Oh, shut up. Shut up. Everybody shut up. Oh, Al was there, dude. Yeah, Al was there. Me and Al egged that whole thing up. embarrassing, man. <laughs> you know, but I made up for it a month later at the Maryland Death Fest. I walked up to the guy and manned up and said, I'm really sorry about my shitty behavior. <laughs> man, you did. Because, Scott, I, I was there with you, I believe. Um, I know you were there. Yeah. We were all there. It was, <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Scott, who, who would you like to hang out with and drink a beer? Oh, man. Uh, I'm gonna, Dude, I'm going to get beat up for this. Uh, <laughs> it's somebody nobody knows probably, uh, but he's not even a musician. He's an author. Uh, it's Neil Stevenson. I don't know if you oh, know yeah. Him. Hell, yeah. Neil Snow Stevenson. Crash. Yeah, he's my all-time – yeah, Snow Crash. He's one of my all-time favorite authors. You know, the thing about that is I've, I've been really lucky because um, being a dork that I am, I've kind of – Got to meet all my hero. I've got to actually meet a lot of my heroes. Not maybe necessarily had a beer, but I've got to meet yeah. all the heroes. You know, I really have. Maybe a few that I haven't yet or whatever. But um, you know, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, you know, who would I really like to sit down and have a beer with and like talk about things? Yeah, it would be Neil Stevenson. Um, and I, I know that's probably way way in left field for a lot of people, but I have every damn thing he's ever written, and I keep buying everything he's ever written. And I mean, I don't I don't get to do as much reading as I like to do these days. Um, but that's that's one guy that I make it a point to sit down and read his books. Um, oh yeah, doesn't he have a, a new fascinating guy? And you know, a lot of ideas that are out there right now. That, you know, people, technology, and things like that. He was a guy that kind of had a part in a lot of this stuff. You know. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Snow Crash is definitely things we're seeing so now. Time and that book is like twenty five years old now. So yeah, um, um, doesn't he have a new one out right now? Yeah, uh, Termination Shock. Okay. Yeah, and I got yeah. I got a copy sitting in in my house, and I got to sit down. I I'm gonna sit down with my time off I have, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. Um, but that's it. I hate to be a dork, but that really <laughs> is a guy that I've always. That's one guy I'd like. I have not got to sit down and talk to, and he'd be really cool to crack a beer with and go, dude. Let's talk about some really. Which an hour? Yeah. You're barely scraping the edge. Oh no. Yeah. With that guy, you're not getting anything. But it'd be, it, I would love that opportunity though. Right. Well, that's the beauty of beers. You can have, you know, an hour in and all of a sudden, well, like, hey, let's have there for a couple a, more. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The misery. Yes. yes. You are Kathy Bates. I am Kathy Bates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're the dirty birdie. Uh, Tony, how about you, man? Um, Nobody. 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 What a jackass. What a jackass. <laughs> no, I'm, what is a jerk? I, I'm not a jerk. I just. There's nobody you wanted to hang out with and drink like beer. beer I don't drink beer, so. Oh, well, maybe just hang out with. I mean, like like you said, Dave Grohl would be pretty cool to talk to. He'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Willie Nelson, maybe. Oh, dude. Willie. Willie. Now, that would be awesome because that Benjamin dude will have Todd. stories up the Benjamin, ass. Benjamin Todd. Benjamin Todd would be a Cool guy to sit down with. Also, uh, Amigo the Devil. I mean, I've already sat down and talked with him, but Amigo the Devil's really cool to talk to. Awesome. Benjamin yeah. Todd would be a guy. Yeah, he's a country singer. We both, me and Tony, like a lot, and uh, that would be one. Yeah, Tony. That, 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 there, there you go. There's your guy right there. there I'm, I'm looking for you, Benjamin Todd. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I want to be there too. I'm going to sneak in there also and hang out with him. <laughs> Al, how about you? Who would you like to hang out with and uh, oh my God. drink or oh, not drink? George. You don't have to either way. Yeah, I mean, it'd be Scott Lambert. 
<laughs> oh, you poor, you poor. And I wouldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> hey, imagine, um, imagine Scott and Bradley. Right. I just sit there and nod as they yell talk at each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, is, that, that is perfect. <laughs> you. I love you. Oh. You have to scream at him once in a while to take a breath. Somebody asked me a question, I give an answer. Somebody asked me a question, I gave an answer. <laughs> Okay. That's what you got. That's yeah. what you got to do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Um, so another um, thing I like to do on fans with bands is talk about first albums, and we might have touched on that a little bit, but let's just get into that first. And it could be tape, CD, whatever. But the first one you um, either bought with your own money or you were like gifted, like somebody said, "Hey, you need to have this album." Um, so Matt, how about you? First tape i ever bought with my own money was van halen 1984 nice and then uh first record i ever got was holy diver nice yeah that's a yeah. fantastic I, I, album. I had cool cousins point me in the right direction man that yeah so, oh yeah then my first nice. cd i ever got was altars of madness <laughs> really holy yeah. shit so like you made the actual conscious decision to, like i'm gonna get altars of madness Oh yeah, dude. I was I had all that shit. We all every, every, oh, yeah. anything on earache or any I bought anything oh, yeah. at the time. I got burned a couple of times on some bullshit, but yeah. Well, there's yeah, nothing like, I, madness and Warmaster. I think I bought those the same day. Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing wrong with um, you know, Morbid Angel, but like I when I when CDs came out, I was like, fuck, I could get some Pink Floyd, and I got some Pink Floyd. And I was like, oh, right. all right. And then it was less than stellar. So anyway, I think you I think you achieved maximum uh, saturation with the fucking morbid angel. Yeah, anything that like looked evil or you know saying about Satan or any of that shit at the time, I had to scoop it up. Oh yeah, first album, all that man. The, oh yeah, it was all over that shit. So glad. Yeah, but it's just yeah. it's it's written perfectly though too. Like every song. It, just crushes. It's, it's yeah. such a good record. Uh, Chris, how about you? Uh, the first album that I was gifted. Uh, well, unfortunately, when I was really young, I got some like uh, Garth Brooks CDs. <laughs> nice. Uh, as as gifts. Um, <laughs> or was it Chris Gaines? But <laughs> I, I wish it was Chris Gaines. Uh, it's a little tough, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, I was gifted Nevermind uh, uh, nice. a little bit later, and then I bought uh, In Utero as my first uh, album that I bought for myself. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, Scott, how about you? I was thinking about this, and I'm try I don't know exactly the timeline, but it was either uh, Metal Health by Quiet Riot that I was gifted, or it could be Judas Priest Rock and Roll, first Judas Priest record. Oh, no. uh, Whoa. Yeah, I just can't, I, I can't remember which one was which, but they both came into my possession around the same time. Around the same time. Wow. Both bought both of those for me. It's good shit. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah. yeah. And it's quite a, you know, it's a, it's quite a, like a, I don't want to say dichotomy, but, you know, you know, it's the beginning of 
hair metal, really. I mean, Quiet Riot is. And then you've got fucking Judas Priest. I'm like, what the fuck? So that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but uh, and they're yeah. both cool records, though. Still listen to They them. are. Yeah. They are. Great records. Uh, Tony, how about you? Um, the first cassette that I was gifted was either mental health, mental health or stay hungry. Oh, oh nice. Nice. Stay first hungry is awesome. Vinyl I ever bought was seven churches from possess. Nice. For in the first CD I ever bought was, we were just talking about that, Matt, who is that? Oh, we got Rob Bass. Rob Bass was the first CD <laughs> ever bought. Awesome. Nice. That's like an awesome. <laughs> I, I want to point out if we're talking about if we're talking about formats, the first CD I ever bought was Mind Wars by Holy Terror. Just because I want to make you guys use guys, you guys are gonna get pissed about that. I know. So I just want to say that <laughs> because that was I, I had to hear that on CD. What was so the is first that the one with the tree that you downloaded? Jesus Christ. That it was it was it was a razor. It was cross me. I can tell you. I can remember oh cross me fool by Razor. I already had the records, but I mean, I, yeah, I'm Napster. I'll, I, is Lars going to get me for saying this? Uh, but <laughs> I can say cross me fool by Razor. Uh, oh, man. Probably still have it. Yeah. That, that's what I love about talking with uh, Scott about music. He's just like a goddamn encyclopedia. He really <laughs> is. <laughs> fucking awesome uh al how about you man i i think we've talked about this before but i'm sorry no no that's all right man no like one of the very first things i remember getting is a 45 of blondie the tide is high nice Uh, you know i used to listen to that song all the time i just thought it was so cool man yeah yeah awesome how about uh, the i think like the outfield was like maybe like the first tape you know the outfield yeah, you know, like super, yeah. I didn't really get into metal until my brothers was into hair metal. Um, first CD that I ever got was Master of Puppets, so so that's you know I made up. Oh yeah, there, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a crushing, awesome album. Yeah, my that's, folks that's, had, that's a world changer, man. Yeah, my folks had a stick stack of our forty fives in the basement, and I start I started going through those when I was really young. And they still have it, I think. They actually have an original 45 to kick out the jams. Oh, yeah. oh really? The, the clean version wow. and the dirty version. Wow. No uh, shit. All they did was just cut the tape, of course, because we know the original, <laughs> you know, kick out the jams. Fuck I mean, the, the cut version, they just cut that off, and the band just kicks in on the B side, the clean version. That's fucking awesome. And I, used oh, to, I, never, I never heard a band do that. Ever. Nobody did. Or a band like on stage. No. Do that. It blew my and I was probably way too young to hear that, but it was awesome. That's yeah funny because like today at work, one of the high low drivers drove right by me and stopped to ask me a question, and he was actually listening to kick out jams. <laughs> yeah, like once a week, man. That's, that's right there. <laughs> so uh so usually I only ask one controversial question, but I thought for the holidays I would ask two uh controversial <laughs> questions. And so very first controversial question is is die hard a christmas movie or not it is a christmas movie for sure yeah definitely a christmas movie i've never given it shit frankly i I know there's this how you gonna hate on die hard i hate i don't give a shit about the debate (laughs) 
It's a Christmas movie. I'm, I'm on the fence, man. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't give a shit either, but he asked a question, so I'm picking a side. And right. Okay, fine. It's not a Christmas movie, then. Let's have the fist fight in front of the phone. <laughs> Absolutely not. I just think any movie that takes place during the holidays would be considered a Christmas movie. It's kind of like Plain Streets Automobiles. That's a Thanksgiving movie. That's a Thanksgiving movie. Yes, it is. It's a Thanksgiving. What about The Ref? His wife and The Ref is a Christmas movie. Okay, so you're saying there's been a debate about The Ref, whether it's a Christmas movie. It's a fucking great movie, too. It's a fantastic movie. What about Trading Places? That's a Christmas movie. Trading Places? For sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Chris, did you weigh in? What was your vote? Oh uh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. All right, cool, oh, awesome. And Al? Yeah, yeah, it is. It took me a while, but it is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so guys, I really appreciate you guys being on Bands with Bands. And so the very last controversial question, you probably already know what I'm going to talk about. It's it's altered world politics, I'm sure, and. Um, change the fundamental dynamics of the universe and that is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza matt i've never had it man i've never <laughs> i've never tried it yeah wow my son works at jets and i've never even had it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, the i don't know is it good i don't know i've never had it i like it yeah i love it my girlfriend hates it she can't go for any warm fruit but yeah, I don't like I it either. It. I love pizza and it's I like fantastic. pineapple, but I don't like it together. You never had a Hawaiian? Yeah, I don't like it. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Oh. All no, right. not, so, not all the time, but you yeah, know, yeah, it's, but, it's really good. Pineapple's good, you know. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah. Great on so, pizza. So Scott and Chris are in. Tony's out, and Matt's undecided. He still needs to get some. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you put it in front of me, I'd probably eat it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If if somebody's yeah, yeah. Pizza's kind of there. Like the old thing is pizza's kind of like sex. It's not always good. <laughs> but you're always going to take there. it. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No one's never had <laughs> sex before. And And Al, have you uh, changed your opinion at all over time? Uh, no, I love pineapple on pizza. But have you guys ever heard of like the chili dog pizza? Yes, yes. It's the most disgusting fucking sounding thing. It's so it's like instead of like tomato sauce, it's like chili, and then there's and then there's like onions and mustard on it. It doesn't sound too bad. If you actually. like chili dogs, I bet you'd love it. But I don't like that shit. So <laughs> I I would say compared to pineapples, pineapples are just a little fruit, man. That whole thing, I don't know. Huh. You know, I, I'm intrigued. I, I need to try it. Check now. into that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's a lot, Al. Yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, wow. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I go you all guys... day without fucking swearing, so I gotta let it all out, man. I'm like a balloon <laughs> letting out all the air after I fucking held it in all day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, guys, thank you again so much for being on Famous Fans thank with you. Bands. Thank you. Yeah, man. thanks, Chuck. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, it's been good talking to you again. It's been a while. Thanks. Yeah, hell yeah. And I can't wait to see you guys live because I've not seen Chris play. So, oh, cool. Well, except for Dutch Surf. So, yeah, looking well, forward I'm to it. I'm in February. I'm going to quit before the next show. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
damn it, you bastard. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thank you. Right, thanks yeah. again, Chuck. See you, guys. All right. Good talking with yep. you. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Matt, Scott, Tony, Chris, and Stu for joining me on this episode of Fans of Bands. 1,000 Yard Stare is back in action and working on recording new music, which captures the doom-laden death of 100,000 stars. Can you hear it? Keep your eyes and ears wide open for upcoming shows and new music coming soon. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans of Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.